There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Holiday tips and fun facts from Kristen and Paul at Total Wine and More. I recommend pairing sweet foods with even sweeter tasting wines. This Thanksgiving, enjoy pumpkin pie with a delicious Moscato. We have aisle upon aisle of party perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. And I know where to find them all. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices with you this holiday. Now with five locations in Atlanta, visit our newest store at Acres Mill Square across from Cumberland Mall. Shop online at TotalWine.com. Our holiday selection is ridiculous. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. While you're flipping here, let's make our confession. Ready? Let's go. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, go down to verse number 5. When you have it, say, I have it. I have it. Amen. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. That word there means pretenders. Uh, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and in the corners of streets that they may be seen by men. And assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Uh, their reward is people saying they must be real spiritual. But you, say that's me, uh, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Uh, in other words, he's not just talking about a literal door. He's saying shut the door on doubt, shut the door on people's opinions, shut the door on negativity, shut the door on CNN, shut the door on swine flu. He says shut the door. Tell somebody say shut the door. Verse 7, and when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they're going to be heard because they pray a lot of words. Therefore, don't be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you even ask him. 
See, God is not asking you to pray so you can tell him something he doesn't know. He's waiting on you to line up with what he's already said. So in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's that called? Kingdom. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. For if, now watch this, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive them, neither will your Father forgive you. One more scripture, remain standing, please. Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. We were here last week. Second Chronicles 20. Amen. When you have it, say amen. Go down to verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat, what does his name mean? God is his judge, stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, the city of peace. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall what? Be established, but believe his prophets, and you shall prosper and when he consulted with the people he appointed those that should sing to the lord and said praise the beauty of holiness and they went out before the army and were saying praise the lord for his what now when they began to sing and to praise not halfway through not towards the end of service when they came in at seven o'clock and opened their mouth when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies. I went into detail about Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir last week, who had come against Judah and they were what? Defeated. Go to verse 29. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries who had heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Just encourage your neighbor. Say, neighbor, your praise is defeating your enemies and warning enemies to come. Glory to God. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak through me now, Father. Will your people open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? Open our eyes to see what the Spirit is doing. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. High five your neighbor. Say, prayer, praise, worship. One-on-one, part two. (laughs) You may be seated tonight. I want to get into this. I want to teach this. I want to set the atmosphere tonight. Uh, Please understand, as we've been talking, there are three primary modes of communication with God. Please understand, they are not optional uh, to our relationships. Matter of fact, they are required and vital for our relationship with God to be successful. And those three primary modes of communication are what? Prayer. And worship. Now watch this. Prayer, it means this. It means talking. It means to ask or to petition. Uh, Prayer is talking uh, with your heavenly father. And for many people, if you've not had an earthly example of a father and not been able to speak to an earthly example of a father, it can be difficult to grasp the concept that your heavenly father actually wants to hear from you and cares what's on your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prayer is a type of rain, say rain, uh, that waters the seed that you've planted in your actions. I'm going kind of quick tonight because this is kind of review. Prayer is what? Rain. So it is only enhancing that which I have already began in my actions. 
So if my actions aren't lining up with my prayers, then I'm just going in circles. It's like being in a paddle boat and only using one of the paddles. You're going to do what? Go in circles. So what prayer does is prayer is helping to bring a harvest from those things that I do and those things that I say. Are you still with me? Now, please understand, in this, I say rules of engagement. When you pray, and again, I'm going quick because I'm kind of doing some review. When you pray, you start this way, Father, in Jesus' name. The Lord said, whatever you ask in my name, those things will be done. You cannot pray in your name because you didn't get on Calvary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the reason God even listens to us is because he does not hear us. It is Christ sitting at his right hand that is interceding for us. Do you understand that? It is Christ that is praying for you. And when you use his name, you're essentially putting a stamp on it and giving him permission to talk on your behalf. So the rules of engagement are you pray what? Father, in Jesus' name. Next thing, we pray once, then thank him for it daily. We don't pray for the same thing every day. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. The moment you asked for it, he did it. So please understand, if you, how many parents, if your child asks you for something every single day, eventually you're going to say, you know what, I'm just not doing it. Because apparently you don't have any faith to believe when I told you we were going to Dairy Queen, we were going to go. Are you still here? When we ask God for the same thing every day over and over and over again, we are not enhancing our prayer. In fact, we're working against it. Because it's a proof that there's a lack of faith. So I pray how many times about it? Once. And what I do after that? I thank him every day after that. Bible says, ask and it shall, uh, shall be given. Knock and it shall be open. What's the first? If somebody comes to your house, what's the first knock on the door for? To establish the fact I'm here. What's every subsequent knock for? To remind you that I'm here. I'm not, hey, it's me, hey, it's me, hey, it's me, hey, it's me. No. The first one is to say I'm here. Everyone after that is to remind you I'm here. The first thing we pray is to make, an, uh, to make God aware of what our petition is. Every time after that, it is not, Lord, please do. It is, Lord, I thank you for already having done. So if you pray once for wisdom, you don't say, Lord, give it to me again. You say, Father, I thank you that you've already given me wisdom for this day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Next, in your prayer, say rules of engagement. Uh, you got to attach scripture to your prayer. Please understand, don't pray, that, Lord, give me strength like Superman. That ain't in the scripture. You know, first book of Clark Kent. That's not in the scripture. So, so, so you don't, you, you, God's not obligated to, to your opinions. He's obligated to his logos, his written word, his logic. So when you pray, when you say, Father, I, in Jesus' name, I ask you for, let's just use this as a random thing. I ask you for peace. I ask him for that how many times? What do I do on Tuesday when I'm talking about peace? Thank him. But when I make the petition, I can't just ask him for peace. I got to tell him where he told me I was entitled to peace. 
So I got to attach some scripture to my prayers because it's only scripture, his word, that obligates him to do something. Are you still here? And we're going to get into this in more depth in just a minute. The, the last thing, and I've told you this before, is you need to write your prayer list out. And you need to have a targeted prayer list that you've written out. Here's what a lot of us do. We try to remember it. You can't even remember your social. You got to pull your card out. Matter of fact, some of you carry it in your wallet because you don't even know what it is. We write it. Somebody say write it down. Habakkuk 2, write the vision, make it plain so he who reads it can run with endurance. I've got to write out what it is that my petitions are. How and why? How is because if I don't understand what it is I'm asking for, when he does it, how will I know he did it? There's a lot of stuff you prayed for. God has answered you. You just didn't know it because you didn't write it down. And you're sitting there, God don't never do that for me. You, yes, he did. You just didn't take account of it. So on your prayer list, you write that stuff down. So once he does it, you can, oh, knock that out. What does that then do? It builds your faith. Because now you can say, I know he answers prayer. See, you can't lie to me and tell me he's not real and he's not going to answer because I just built my faith up because I saw him do it. Tell somebody, say, you can see him do it. Watch this. Go to Psalm 119. Y'all all right? Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I want you to go to verse 170. Psalm 119, verse 170. When you have it, say amen. Watch this. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me, what? According to your what? Word. Let my prayer come before you and deliver me according to your word. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the importance of us attaching scripture to it is that your deliverance and your breakthrough comes according to his word. Not your opinion. What a lot of us do is we give God our opinion. Well, God, I really don't think I should have to be going through this because, you know, I've been faithful to you. That's your opinion. That ain't his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, call the power company tomorrow and say, you know, I really don't think. I paid y'all a lot of money last year. I really don't think I should pay anything to you this year. You know what they're going to do? You're going to go home the next day. And you're going to have to really be the light of the world in. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't give you their word that you didn't have to pay. That was your opinion. So when we're dealing with prayer, we've got to give God what? His word. Watch this. Somebody say prayer. Prayer does not have to happen at any particular place or particular time. Matter of fact, we should be praying all day long. Go to Luke 18.1. Luke 18.1. Don't think you have, well, I can't wait to get to church to pray. No, you pray in your car. You don't have, and here's another thing, because it's the, remember, what did Jesus say? Don't be like the religious folk who want to be seen by folk, and that's the reward. Well, don't think if I get on my knees, he's going to hear it better. Don't think if you wear a tallit, it's going to get that prayer through any better. It don't get it through no, no, no more quicker. It don't. It don't. 
Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men, what? Always have to pray and what? Not lose heart. So if I'm always praying, I won't what? Lose heart. I lose heart when I stop praying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I lose my feeling or my conviction of hope when I stop praying. Hope leaves when I stop praying. The question is, well, Bishop, how do you pray all day? It's very, very simple. You just do it. I mean, well, don't I have to do some, you know, special ritual? Or don't you have to be there to start it or something? Or don't the church need to call a prayer time or something? I just gave you the rules of engagement. See, when you get into your job, you're walking into that bad boy, and you say, Father, and Jesus, and really, when you get your Father, in Jesus' name, I clear out every unclean thing up in this place. Sheila ain't going to work my nerve today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We bless our food. Now, let me also deal with this. And I think I've talked about this before. Can I just pray internally? No. It's got to come out of your mouth. Tell somebody, it's got to come out of your mouth. Now, here's a question, and this actually came, this actually came up, and we're going to do this on Ask the Bishop, because somebody said, well, what about people that can't speak? How do they pray? Somebody said grace. God would not expect something that couldn't be given from somebody. If you don't have two legs, God's not going to say, you need to get up and dance and praise me. If you don't have hands, he's not going to say, you ain't going to make it in because you didn't clap. But I'm going to tell you why. Somebody said it has to come out. It has to come out of your mouth. I'm going to show you why. Watch this. Let's move on. Prayer should not be a report on what's not right. Yet what we desire out of the situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Matter of fact, go to John 11. Go to John 11. Go to John 11. John 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 11. And uh, what y'all learning at? I'm trying to make sure y'all know where the books of the Bible are. Isn't it? Genesis, Exodus. See, some of y'all said maps. See, that's. John 11, go to verse 34. Now, let's, let's see how Jesus dealt with stuff. Because Jesus never, ever prayed his problems. Lord, you know, I'm really sick of this man I'm married to. Lord, you know, I'm really sick of this woman I'm married to. I need you to do something. He never prayed the problem. I'm going to show you why. Touch somebody say, your words. Powerful. Look at John eleven thirty four. 34. Now, you know, this is the story of Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus, uh, if you go up early in the story, uh, 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 Lazarus is sick. And uh, the Lord says to the people, he says, well, his sickness is not unto death. His sickness is simply so that the Son of Man, the Son of God, can be glorified in it. Please, please don't think that everything that wrong happens to you is because you did something wrong. There can sometimes be things that happen to you that God says, I need to get glory out of here. I need you to learn how to trust me. And sometimes the only way you'll trust me is when you have no other options. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell somebody, say, your problems aren't designed to kill you. Tell them, they are, they are not designed to kill you. Watch this. 
John 11, where well, I you go, 34. And he said, where have you laid him? So Lazarus has died now in this sickness. And his relatives are saying, Lord, if you had been there, he never would have died. And God is saying, I didn't go there specifically for that reason. You missed what I just said. A lot of times, God, if you would have did this, this wouldn't have happened. And God's saying, that's kind of what my whole point was. My whole point was that I needed you to learn how to trust me. Didn't I already tell you his sickness wasn't unto death? Didn't I already tell you you're the head and not the tail? Didn't I already tell you you're above and never beneath? Didn't I tell you you're the blessing and the blessing is in you and the blessing is always? Didn't I tell you your name is Joseph, which means you're always increasing? Didn't I tell you that? So sometimes when he doesn't show up, he was laid on purpose. Ah. 35, this shortest version of the Bible, Jesus wept. Parents, when you're trying to teach your kids scripture, it's a good place to start. I might know the Bible, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said to him, see, he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, talking about Jesus, who opened the eyes of the blind, also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against him. Jesus said, take away the stone. Watch this. Jesus didn't show up until it was real bad. See, you said, Lord, I want to know you, and I want to know you deeper, and I want to have a closer walk with thee. Just a closer walk with thee? He said, all right. I'm going to show up when something gets real stanky. I'm going to preach tonight. I, you might as, well just, might as well just get it. Here we go. He said, take away the stone. But Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there's a stench because he's been dead for four days. There's no way this situation can work. Uh, it, it, there's no way that, that they already told me no. They declined me for the loan twice already. There, there's no way this is going to work. And Jesus said, take the stone away. Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Where did he say that? In verse 4. So now watch this. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lame. And Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, not Lord, you know, Lazarus is dead. Who going to take care of the house? We didn't have enough money for the funeral. What are we going to do? No. Look at what he said. Father. Now he is Jesus. He ain't got to pray in his name. Father, I thank you. No, you missed it. He had already fasted and prayed when he started his ministry. You missed that whole thing. I don't have time to work that. So he says, Father, I thank you that you have 
heard me. Meaning, when I prayed two years ago, you heard me. So if you answered back then, I don't have to make a new request today. You're not hearing what I'm, do you not understand? You are walking on the shoulders of some of your mama's prayers and your daddy's prayers and grandmama Nim's prayer. Stuff they prayed and never saw come to pass. You're walking on that. And they, you know what they're saying? God, I thank you. Look at what he says. Father, I thank you that you have heard. We could parenthetically insert already heard me. And watch this. I know that. You always hear me. I wonder if God heard that prayer. Ain't nothing happening. God must have didn't hear me. Let me remind, let me tell him again. No, no, no. He, he said, he, he, he said, you always hear me. Watch this. He said, but because of these people who are standing by, I said this. He, he, he said, all I had to do was say, Lazarus, come forth. I didn't even have to start the conversation. Tell somebody, say, he's going somewhere. If you stay with me, I'm going to connect these dots for you. Verse 43. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus. Now, the reason he had to say his name it's because had he not said his name, every grave that had ever existed. See, he was specific. His prayers were targeted. He, 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 he didn't just say, Lord, give me something. He said, Lord, give me this one. He, he, he was specific. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, let, let, let me, let, no, Jesus, I need you to say with me, say everything can hear me. T -t Tell somebody, I say everything can hear you. This is why you got to understand, I'm going to tell you who you are. And why it's so important that you watch what you say and what you do. Because prayer is not just what you say to God. It's what you say that gets in the atmosphere. I'm going to help you see this. The Bible says Jesus spoke to the grave clothes. You missed it. And he who had died, who? Lazarus, came out bound hand and foot with what? Grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them. Now, it would be foolish for Jesus to be talking about people because people were not what was uh, of the subject of the sentence that was prior to the statement. So he would not just switch and start talking to people in the middle of a sentence where they're describing the grave clothes. Something with a subject and a predicate and all that. You understand? He says to the grave clothes, loose them. And let them go. The reason it seems like some of your prayers aren't working is because you're not speaking to everything in the situation. Jesus didn't just speak to Lazarus. He spoke to what was holding Lazarus. 
He didn't just speak life into his children. He spoke to the friends that his child was hanging around. He didn't just speak to his finances. He spoke to the boss at his job that wrote the check. Somebody say, speak to everything. Now, 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 now. Stay, stay with me. Jesus didn't give a bad report. He simply spoke what he desired out of the situation. Go to James 5. Go to James 5. I'm doing real good on time, so let's come on. Let's keep rocking. Let's keep rolling. Rock steady. Come on. James 5. Go to verse 15. I, 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 I'm about to just bust out of here and run, and so if I run, one of you ministers or somebody needs to grab the mic. Say something real spiritual. Are you, are you there? James 5, verse 15. And the prayer of faith, which must mean there must be a prayer of no faith. You missed it. If I can pray with faith, that must mean I can also pray without faith. And that's what Jesus said don't do. Jesus said don't just say a bunch of religious stuff. Don't just read some stuff off of a card that you got from your friend. You don't even know, you, you know what you're even talking about. I just helped somebody right there. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, if there's an effective prayer, it must mean there's an ineffective one. Fervent, if there's a fervent prayer, it must mean there is one that is not fervent. Are you still here? What's this? Of a righteous man. Say, that's me. Christ in you. That, that, that's your righteousness. It is Christ in you that qualifies you to be a righteous man. Qualifies you to be a righteous woman. Watch it. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly. Underline, he prayed earnestly. Because I'm going to show you the cross reference of what he actually did. Now, what, what does James say he did? What? Prayed earnestly. That it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And underline, he prayed again. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, since this is Wednesday Night Live, you should notice in there that there is some kind of asterisk or a number there on that verse, which gives you a cross-reference to 1 Kings 17 and 1, which means that that's where the scripture is making reference to. Are you here? So let's find out what Elijah actually did. That the, James says he prayed earnestly. Go to 1 Kings 17. Are you still here? Are you learning? First Kings 17, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say one second. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And all you heavenly hosts. Amen. Lift your Bible to the Lord. Let's make our faith confession. Ready? Let's go.
Amen. Go to Hebrews chapter 8, if you would. Hebrews chapter number 8 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 8. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Hebrews 8, verse 11. When you have it, say amen. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none of his brothers saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. Say, God wants to know me personally. Uh, watch this. From the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant. Somebody say new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. One more scripture. Go to Luke 11 and 1. Luke 11 and 1. Say, God wants to personally know me and have a personal relationship. Uh, we talk a lot in the body of Christ about having a personal relationship with God. And yet most folk don't understand how to acquire that. Uh, Luke 11 and 1, when you have it, say amen. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And as John also taught his disciples. Uh, go back to verse 11. He said, Lord, teach us to, well, watch this, communicate with God. Teach us how to have relationship with God. Teach us how to have intimacy with God. You cannot have any relationship without communication. You cannot have any relationship without intimacy. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor, prayer, praise, and worship, part three. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak through me now. We open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm going to finish part three of this that I've been doing on Wednesday night lives because I want for us to be able to uh, to move forward at those things that God has ordained. Uh, say relationship. Good communication is important for every relationship. Please understand, how many issues have you run into and people have you fallen out with simply because you did not know how to properly communicate with them? How many best friends have you been through? How many family members have you fallen out with simply because you did not know how to communicate with them? Somebody say relationship. Uh, my question is, how many people have fallen out with God for the same reason? Uh, you know what it means to fall out. There's some kind of disagreement. There's some kind of misunderstanding. And so folk ain't talking and they won't communicate with one another. And so God is saying, if you want to know how to have relationship with me, you've got to learn how to communicate with me. If you want to learn how to have good relationships with people, you've got to learn how to communicate with people. And communication does not just work on your terms. Communication has to be on the same channel for both people. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. Touch your neighbor and say he's going somewhere. Uh, you say, Bishop, what does this have to do with relationships? I thought you were talking about relationships on Sundays in May. Oh, I am. You can't have good horizontal relationships until you first have proper vertical relationships. You're not hearing what I'm saying. It's God's divine order. You're not going to be able to get along with your family until you first learn to get, a, get along with God. You're not going to be able to get along with your best friend until you first learn to get along with yourself. The problem that most people got is that they don't even know who they are, and so they're trying to communicate to somebody else, and they keep sending mixed messages because they don't know what they're doing. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. That's all right. Preach, Bishop. Uh, please understand. Say vertical first. 
Vertical relationships first mean I got to understand that God's got to be first in my life. He can't be second. He can't be after big mama them. He can't be after your cousin them. He can't be after your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your boo. He can't be after folk. He's got to be first. But then next God says, I've given you the man of God that's going to speak to you on behalf of God. And so you can't get along with God if you can't get along with the man of God. A lot of people think they can treat the man of God any kind of way, and God is going to be all right with that. Uh, let me help you understand something. God says, if you disrespect my mouthpiece, then why will I bother talking to you? Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's all right. If you disrespect the mouthpiece of God, then God's not going to waste his time speaking to you. And so say vertical. Uh, so it is God, then the man of God, and then when you come in alignment with those two things, then you can have good horizontal relationships. Please understand, it's like somebody trying to, trying to be cool with you, but they, fought, they fell out with your best friend. And so they're talking about your best friend, but they're going to try to come be cool. Well, it's cool with us, right? No, it ain't cool with us. You better go get it right with them first. And it's got to be the same way for people of God. You cannot allow people to disrespect or dishonor the man of God and be cool with you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Preach, Bishop, I sure will. So now watch this. There are three, and I've been teaching you this on Wednesday Night Live. There are three primary modes of communication with God. They are prayer. These are not optional to our relationship. They are required for our relationship and vital for our relationship to be successful. Tell somebody, say, you got to talk to them. Uh, there used to be a song in the old church that said Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. But if you would dial the wrong number, you're going to keep getting the operator. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And some folk have been dialing 411 and God is saying all you had to do was dial zero. But you keep dialing the wrong thing, trying to force God to communicate with you the way you want to communicate to him. Ah, Y'all ain't going to preach, Bishop. And so prayer, I have taught you, is talking to God. It means to ask. It means to petition. Say prayer. prayer. Talking. Prayer. To ask. Prayer. To petition. Now, I talked to you about prayer, but then I want to get right here. Praise and worship. Uh, praise and worship means I'm appreciating something. Just like if you have a house and your house appreciates, even in this market, it can because God's on your side. Because somebody say he's on my side. Uh, if your home appreciates, then values being added to your home. When we praise and worship God, we are appreciating his value in our life. See, the reason God can't do great things in some folk life ain't because he's not great. It's because they don't see him as great. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's not that his power is limited. They've limited his power in their life. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Your God is El Shaddai. He is the beginning and the end. He is. You're not here. But God says, if you don't see me that way, it is the same reason people can be married to good people, but they don't understand the value of what they have. And so they complain and they moan and they groan until they find themselves by themselves. And maybe it wasn't all your other husbands. Maybe it was you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Maybe it wasn't all the folk you've been with. Maybe it's you didn't see the value of what I feel like preaching. The day. How far somebody say add value? So now watch this. Praise means I'm adding value. It means I, I see that there's something in it that's better than its current circumstance. But praise is also a weapon. Touch somebody say a weapon. Now, now, now watch this. Say worship. 
Uh, go to John 4 and 20. John 4 and 20. I'm about through. John 4 and 20. I mean that, John 4 and 20. Y'all ain't going to get teaching like this and not shout me down. Y'all ought to be running up the altar. Y'all ought to be ambushing the altar. It's amazing to me, though. The, the, let me just, I need to just digress. The relationships people value. They value folk that don't add no value to them. And they're trying to please folk that ain't done nothing for them. But the folk that broke their back and got their credit messed up for them, you're not hearing what I'm saying. They value folk that don't add value to them. That's crazy. That's why we value God, because he adds value to us. Why are you trying to please some low-down, no-good somebody that didn't care about how you was going to eat and where you were going to live? What? But the people that are there for you, Oh, you want them to accommodate. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm preaching that out of experience. John 4 and 20, watch this. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Well, I said, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, you keep trying to limit worship to a place. He, she said, my father's worshiped on this mountain, but the Jews said, go do it in Jerusalem, the city of peace. Lord, we're kind of confused. And the Lord says, woman. The hour is coming, and now is. Read your Bible. When they that worship, it's going to be a spiritual thing. Spirit and truth. I taught you that truth. There's a Greek word, pistis, faith, truth. And spirit. Say spirit. Meaning you cannot see it or discern it by the natural man. Why, Bishop? Because my worship is a lifestyle. This ain't worship. Crying and snotting up tissue ain't worship. Because I've seen some folk cry and praise and then get out in the car and cuss the hell out of folk. So that ain't worship. Cuss the Hades, the Gehenna or the Tartarus. I ain't cussing this. You understand your Bible. I've taught you. Where'd that crying go? Where'd that go? Worship. Say it's a lifestyle. Now, Bishop, how do you know that you're in worship? You're in worship because your lifestyle is a lifestyle of obedience. It means you do what you're told when you're told to do it without question. And the problem a lot of saints got is they don't know how to do what they're told without questioning it because they somehow think their wisdom is greater than the wisdom of the one that gave the instruction. Go to Genesis 22 and 5. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. That's all right. I'm going to preach anyhow. They shouting online. Tell somebody to say they shouting online. Genesis 22 and 5. Genesis 22 and 5. I'm going to show you what worship is. I'm going to show you what worship is. See, see, worship is not, Father, I just thank you. 
Ooh, I worship you. Ooh, you've been good. Ooh, you just, mm, mm, mm. he's a wonder in my soul. That, 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 that ain't worship. Let me show you what worship is. Genesis 22, 5. You ready? And Abram said to his young men, stay here with your donkey. The lad and I, or the young man, who's he talking about? Isaac and I will go up yonder to worship. And then we'll come back. God says, Abram, take the lad up the mountain, sacrifice him to me. Take, take Isaac up the mountain and sacrifice him to me. No, no, you, you're missing it. You're missing it. Take Abraham up, or take Isaac up the mountain, slay him. Meaning, do what I told you to do, and don't ask me no questions about why you got to do it that way. So what is worship? Worship means I follow instructions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He tells the other young man, I'm going to worship with Isaac. But, but, but what was he going to do? Kill him. Worship is when my flesh wants to go this way. But I got an instruction that says go that way. And so God, because I give you value and I worship you, God, I want to do this, but I was given instruction to do this. And so I'm going to do this. I feel like sleeping in today, but the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of the... So I got to get myself up, get myself in the shower, and get down to the church. Why? Because I live a lifestyle that's submitted to worship. It's amazing. A lot of saints, please understand, not you, you're spiritual, but folk you know. Act like we're doing God a favor. I had one guy come down and tell me one week, you did a good job. I said, I say, son, bless you. I hope you listened. I, I'm not doing, I ain't critique. Who am I doing a good job? Who am I? I want trying to impress you. That's your name. Say, Bishop ain't trying to impress you. He, he, is, he is not trying to impress you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I learned to get delivered from what Moses had, that people thing. Well, what the people want, what the people say. Listen, I hear from God, and that's what the people going to get. Worship is a lifestyle of obedience. It is a lifestyle of sacrifice. Maybe there are some days I don't feel like coming and preach to you. But I worship. So I'm obedient to my assignment. Are you getting this? Maybe there's some days you're writing out that offering check saying, Lord, I could do this and this. But I worship you. So I'm obedient. So I do it without question. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Now, Genesis 14, 20. Flip there very quickly. Genesis 14, 20. So we understand worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. And it, you cannot do it in church if you don't do it every day. That is the reason why when we try to worship and we try to enter into worship, some folk don't know what to do because they don't do it every day. 
So you're trying to ask them to be intimate with a stranger. Please understand, I, I know we live in a different society today, but most folk would at least want to know the name of the person they're getting ready to be intimate with. I know people do things differently. Not here. I'm talking about, but they do things a little different. And, you know, all this one night and then all that. But please understand, uh, please understand, you at least want to know their name. You at least want to know something about them. You are a human, right? You are <laughs> now, I ain't judging nobody. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Is that worship is intimacy. So since worship is intimacy, how can I be intimate with somebody? I don't know their name. I don't know what they look like. I don't know their embrace. I don't know what they feel like. I don't know what they smell like. And so you get somebody like a Laban that'll trick you and send somebody else in the tent. I could work that if I had time to work it. You, a lot of people call worship their, their emotionalism and their emotional stuff. But if you're really a worshiper, you know how to shut your mouth when you need to shut your mouth and submit when you need to submit. This is too hard for Sunday. I should have waited until next Wednesday. See, if I'm intimate with God, then that means the Holy Ghost will tell me when to hush. Why? Because you are valuable to him and he adds value to you. You're saying that. Say, I'm valuable to him. I'm here to make an announcement to you. You're not some shrimp. You're not some punk. You're not some loser. God says you are valuable to me. If I made anywhere my house, I wanted to make it you. I could make any place my home, but I desire to dwell in you. Who is man that you are mindful of us? God can live in a well. He can live in a boat. He can live in a camera. But he says, I want to live in you. Touch somebody and say, he lives in you. Genesis 14, 20. Now, you won't see it this way in the New King James Version. You'll see it this way in the Amplified Version. It is the first time the word praise appears in Scripture. The English word praise appears in Scripture. Here's what Amplified says, Genesis 14, 20. And blessed, praised, and glorified be God most high, who has given all your foes into your hand, and Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. So the first time praise is mentioned, it has to do with giving. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Praise is a response to what God has done and proven by an external action. Abram praised God because he gave him victory over his enemies. His external action was to give his tithe. Are you still here? Praise is a what? Response to what God has done and proven by an external action. Meaning, I can see your praise. You can't do that in your heart. Tell somebody say, you can't praise in your heart. The worship, that's a spiritual thing. That's a lifestyle thing. But your praise, I should be able to identify. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Go to Psalm 22, 22. Go to Psalm 22, 22. Y'all all right? Psalm 22, 22. 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You ready? 2022. 20, 22, 22. You ready? Ready, read. Stop. I will externally tell people. Not, I was thinking in my heart that that person should know the Lord. I was thinking in my heart that I was going, you know, that, that God was good. No. What did he say? I, I'm going to tell everybody I come in contact with about what you've done. And if they don't want to hear it, that's their problem. They can move out the room when I show up. But everybody that sees me, I'm going to declare your, I'm going to declare your name to them. Everywhere I go, I'm a walking, talking, breathing. Praise ain't just, it's who I am, man. It's everywhere I go. Read the next part. Whoa, 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 whoa. So he's talking, he says, in the midst of the gathering. In the midst of the congregation. In the midst of the people. Meaning, I never allow myself to be ashamed. I said, I never allow myself to be ashamed. I said, I never allow myself to be ashamed. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I don't care what nobody says about me if I'm running and if I'm shouting. You don't know what I've been through, where I came from. Listen, you ought to get a praise on your lips because I'm going to do it. In the midst of everybody else. And so everybody else can be, why are they so loud? Listen, you need to get louder. I'm trying to raise the volume in the entire. Why, why are they clapping? Why are they shouting? You're the one that needs to read the Bible. It's supposed to be loud. It's supposed to annoy the devil. The reason some folk get annoyed is because they call themselves bringing in God. And they really brought in the devil. Satan is the only one that's going to try to shut you up. God ain't going to, okay. That's contrary to what he's already said. And the reason some folk don't see great victory in their life is because they don't know how to be loud. They know how to run their mouth about the wrong stuff, but they don't know how to praise God. And they know how to get on the phone and call their girlfriend and call this man and call this person and, them and complain and run their mouth. But when God's doing something, they don't know how to declare the name of the Lord in the midst of the assembly. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Go to 2 Chronicles 20. Come on, we're about to ride home. Here we go. 2 Chronicles 20. Let's ride. Here we go. 2 Chronicles 20. Verse 22. When you have it, say amen. Uh, that is the reason why engaging in praise and worship is, is very important. I, I didn't hear nothing. I was watching before it came down. I said, it's amazing cause, because we, we, we have not corporately ascended to a place to where our worship is not fleshy. Because the only time we lift them is when they say lift them. The only time we clap is when they say clap. And the book said, I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. 
And it is unfair of you to expect God to move miraculously in your life. And you don't give him the basics. So you trying to fast and all that. Listen, before you get all there, give him the basics. You trying to find out Hebrew and Greek and all this and get deep. And Bishop, tell me what this mean. And Bishop, what does this mean? And Hasetan and who this and what all that. And all that and all. No, 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 no. no. You, you don't even pray without being prompted. I, listen, I, touch somebody. Say, he ain't judging. But corporately, say corporate. C- corporately, we, we have got to ascend to a place. I'm pastoring right for this next 30 seconds. Corporately, we have got to ascend to a place to where our worship and our praise is not dependent on what happened to us before we got here. See, I can tell when some of y'all had a bad morning because it's written all over. You ain't got to say a word because you refuse to give God what's due him. And it's amazing because you'll go to work and smile and do all that because you don't want nobody at work to know your business. But you'll come in church and let your face tell all your stuff. Now, but Bishop, what are you saying? I'm not saying be fake and phony. What I am saying is, is see, see, the, you you have not matured in your relationship to God. It's the only time you give him intimacy is when you feel like it. I'm going to take it another further since y'all ain't going to say nothing. In a marriage, in a marriage relationship, you will not have a very long-lasting relationship. Husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. <laughs> husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. Now, boyfriends and girlfriends. Husbands and wives. You will not have a long-lasting relationship if the only time you get some is when they feel like it. I can come off the stage if you'd like. I don't really feel all like, but listen, you ain't got to feel nothing. I... In fact, you can go to sleep. I, you. Married people, married people, married people. I'm pastoring right here. I, t- I took a little longer than my 30 seconds. Bishop, what are you trying to say? If worship is intimacy, what gives you a right to say, God, you ain't getting none today? I had a bad week. You, had, you uh-uh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. your flesh that's why you don't see him move because you're withholding and the bible said in a married relationship you can't withhold unless both parties mutually agree during a time of fasting which means that don't apply when it comes to praise i just don't i don't i don't feel like it this is watch tv Some of you want to know why it's so hard for you to change. It's hard for you to change because you've never been intimate with God. Association brings about assimilation. You keep trying to work on you and God says, if you just get in the bed, I'll fix you. 
If you'll just be intimate with me, I'll fix you. You keep struggling with cigarettes, get intimate with me, I'll take the taste out your mouth. You keep struggling with lust, get intimate with me, I'll take the taste out. If you want to change, you got to be around him. How are you going to be Christ-like and you ain't never been intimate with Christ? Second Chronicles 20, 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said what? Ambushes against, huh? 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 And? And what? I've said this before, but I need you to understand the power of it. Praise sets ambushes against your enemies and causes them to defeat themselves. Meaning, because understand, an enemy is anything that opposes your progress. Not just people, not just the devil. An enemy is anything that opposes your what? Your progress. Are you still here? Are you still here? Uh, So now what that means is this. Is that God says, uh, maybe the doctor said you got sugar. Diabetes. God says, when you learn how to be intimate with me, I'll turn diabetes against itself. Holiday tips and fun facts from Kristen and Paul at Total Wine and More. I recommend pairing sweet foods with even sweeter tasting wines. This Thanksgiving, enjoy pumpkin pie with a delicious Moscato. We have aisle upon aisle of party perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. And I know where to find them all. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices with you this holiday. Now with five locations in Atlanta, visit our newest store at Acres Mill Square across from Cumberland Mall. Shop online at TotalWine.com. Our holiday selection is ridiculous. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Starbucks Holiday Blend for Nespresso Virtuo, now exclusively at Target, there are even more ways to share the joy. Savor every smooth and festive sip all holiday season with friends and family at home to fill every indulgent day with cheer.